Hey, it's Tuesday. The new episode of Two Degrees Hotter is out. It's my favorite Gen Z lifestyle and self-development podcast. I'm on my way over. Let's listen to the latest episode. Hello, everyone, and happy Tuesday. Welcome back to another episode of Two Degrees Hotter, or welcome if you're new here. My name is Kylie. I'm one of your co-hosts, and I am currently not joined by our other co-host, Anya. She is in the Netherlands right now, Um, went over to Amsterdam with her boyfriend, and is just living her summer European fantasy. So happy for her. She looks like she's having a great time, but I figured while she was away, I could hold down the fort, do a little solo episode. And this week I am giving, I don't know if it's a dating update because I'm not going to really talk about what my dating life looks like right now, but I did kind of want to talk about like uh, overall experiences that I've had while dating, some lessons I've learned, how to navigate dating apps. Anya actually had a really great idea uh, for me to update my dating profiles as the episode. And I really like that concept. I think that's a really fun concept, but I don't, I was thinking about how to go about doing it. And I just don't necessarily know if that will translate super well to like a purely audio format. So maybe I'll do like a fun reel or something the week that this goes live to show me like updating my profile. Maybe I won't. I don't know. But yeah, so we're going to get into all things dating, chat a little bit about it. But first, let's do my weekend review. So... This past weekend, I actually went away to the Adirondacks with my three best friends from college. Uh, I had actually, I never even heard of the Adirondacks. I knew that it was like a place, but if you had said Adirondack to me, I like primarily think of the chair and not the place. So, but we went there, we were right by Lake George and we actually like stayed on a campground. We were like full glamping this weekend. It was like a trailer with like AC, a full kitchen, not camping by any means, but it was on a campground, woods type of vibe. And it was really, really fun. I mean, you guys know, I feel like I talk about my three best friends from college all the time. They are my best friends for a reason. We always have such a great time when the four of us get together. And it was really nice to spend the weekend with them. We got matching t-shirts and we tried to take photos in these matching t-shirts. But because it was like a glamping situation, the only like real place that we could take photos was on like one of the beds. And listen, we like to keep this podcast as not explicit as possible, as clean as possible, I guess. But let's just say that setting up the camera angle to face the bed didn't translate super well. (laughs) So we were dying laughing. I like genuinely thought I was going to throw up. I I don't think I've ever laughed this hard in my whole life. We had to like separate and like all take deep breaths. We were laughing so hard, but we did get pictures in our matching t-shirts. Don't even worry. I'll post it uh, when I do the episode announcement for this podcast. But it was just, we had a really great time. We walked around the village, went into like all of the shops, saw the lake, like sat outside to eat lunch, went to this like lakeside restaurant for dinner. And it was just a really, really great weekend. And yeah, so that's what I was up to. The week itself, nothing, nothing too spectacular to note. It was a pretty, pretty normal week. But yeah, so 
let's move into my favorite. Okay, so while we were in Lake George, there was a like flea market set up in the main like downtown area. And so we walked around those tents because I'm a sucker for a flea market. Something about me is I I love a flea market. I love little knickknacks. I love looking at all the little stores. I think they're so fun. And so we walked around and there's a candle tent. And I'm like, come on now. Like I have to check out the candles. And they were really, really cute. Like the actual packaging and branding of it. They were so cute. And I'm looking at the the scent names and I'm, I'm realizing very quickly that they're all drinks. So they had like a Cosmopolitan, a Mint Julep, a Gin and Tonic. And this – I thought this was so cool. If you don't know, Anya and I are huge gin girls and we – well, I guess I, I, I don't want to speak for her. But for me, like if I have no idea what to order, I don't know what a bar may or may not be able to do, I'll just go for a gin and tonic. Like that's kind of my go-to no-fuss drink is I'll just get a gin and tonic. Uh, and I do genuinely love them. Like they're borderline my personality at this point. And so when I saw a gin and tonic candle, I was like, I actually can't walk away from this stand without having the gin and tonic candle. That would be absurd and ridiculous. And so we started chatting and, you know, the people at the stand were telling us that they're like a family. They make all like the packaging by hand and they make little uh, wax melts to like hold the wrapping on the candle when you buy one. And so basically they were running like a three for 65 sale. So me and my two other friends each got a candle and split the price that way so that we could save a little bit of money. When you get it, you it comes like wrapped up, like I said, with that wax seal. And it each one comes with a little recipe card to make the drink that the candle is inspired after. So mine came with a recipe for gin and tonic. A friend who got a cosmopolitan, hers came with a recipe for a cosmopolitan. It is so freaking cute. And we got a little card with our candles and I guess the dad or one of the family members was a bartender before COVID hit. And then when COVID hit and we were in lockdown and he was like out of work, he essentially just started making candles that smelt like his favorite cocktails and like classic cocktails. And that's kind of how this candle company was born. And I just think it's the coolest thing ever. So let me find the name because I don't want to, I don't want to butcher it because I'm obsessed with these people. I'm their biggest fan. So it's Cone's Candle Bar, C-O-H-N. I believe that's pronounced Cone. I'm so sorry if it's not. But yeah, I will leave them linked below because I think this is such a cute business. I think this would be a great gift if you got like the candle and then the stuff to make whatever drink the candle is inspired after. Getting that as a gift is like 10 out of 10 in my opinion. I think it would be – I would love to get that gift. So yeah, definitely check them out. Cone's Candle Bar. I assume they're based out of, you know, the Lake George, Queensbury, New York area. And I just think they're the coolest. And I burned my gin and tonic candle last night and it smells so freaking good. So thank you again to to the Cone family. (laughs) All right. So now let's go into the main topic, dating, all things dating, dating 101. I don't know what I'm going to call this episode yet, but... 
If you know anything about our show, you know Anya and I really prioritize our health, sustainability, and building a community around the things that young women go through. That's why we feel so lucky to have met and interviewed Katie Diasty in 2020, a Gen Z entrepreneur, overall badass, and founder of Viv for Your V, who we are so proud to partner with on this episode. Viv is an earth-friendly period care subscription brand created to bring sustainable and clean products to the hands of menstruators. Something crazy that I personally didn't know is that the average menstrual pad is equal to about four plastic bags and can take up to 800 years to break down. Yeah, and this is a big deal because a menstruator can use anywhere from 5,000 and 15,000 disposable period care products in their cycle's lifetime. And at any time, 800 million menstruators are on their period right now. That's why we feel really great about using Viv's bamboo-based products. Bamboo uses a quarter the amount of water, less land and fertilizers, and is naturally hypoallergenic, breathable, and actually more absorbent than cotton. It's so crazy to know that with every Viv box, you can save 643 pounds of CO2, 607 gallons of water, and 48 plastic bags from entering a landfill. Another problem that Viv is solving for is access to products when you need them the most. I think we can all relate to having that oh shit moment and realizing you're going to have to make a CVS run on top of all the things you're already dealing with. With their subscription-based model, it's so easy to choose how often you want your products delivered and have them on hand so you can conquer more. They have products for every type of period, from pads and liners to tampons and even menstrual cups. Viv totally converted me to a cup user. I love that it's zero waste, reusable, and lasts up to 10 years. Plus, the ring on their cup is a total game changer. You guys have to try it. We personally feel amazing about the way we're treating our bodies, the planet, and supporting a clean, sustainable, and women and minority-owned business all at the same time. Use the code and the link in our bio to shop the Viv website with 20% off, and definitely check out our episode with Katie to learn even more. And now, hotties, back to the episode. I basically broke this up into what I look for when I'm on dating apps. So if you don't know, I am on Hinge. I've used Hinge. I had Bumble for like a little bit, but I didn't really like it. Uh, and then Tinder scares the absolute bejesus out of me. So I've never had a Tinder account before, but I do have a Hinge. I have actively gone on dates with Hinge. So yeah, that's kind of the perspective that I'm going out or that I'm using when I talk about dating. But I'm going to talk about what I look for on Hinge when I am sifting through likes or sifting through just the, I don't know, feed. Is that what it's called? <laughs> um, what I look for once I'm on a date with someone or dating someone, going on dates with them. And then just some like overall lessons I've learned. I feel like some lessons are going to be sprinkled throughout, but I wanted to have like a section of just here are some takeaways that I'm learning. So starting with what I look for on dating apps, the number one thing that you look at on dating apps is whether or not you find the person attractive. Or I shouldn't say the number one thing. I should say the first thing that you look at is whether you find the person attractive I don't think it's worth pretending that we don't do this. Like that's, it's a dating app. Half of it is pictures, especially on Hinge, literally half of the profile is pictures. If you come across someone's profile and you're not personally attracted to them, odds are you're not going to match with them or you're not going to like them. Like that's just how dating apps work. Obviously like liking someone and then eventually being in a relationship with someone goes way beyond physical attraction, but there does need to be that initial physical attraction. And I do think that, if you surveyed most people on dating apps, the first thing that they look for is whether or not they're attracted. And maybe, maybe I'm wrong, but that's the first thing that I look at. If I find the person really attractive, then I'll look into their profile a little bit more. Don't sue me. Don't come for me. I really think that's how it works. And if I'm proven wrong, I will apologize with tears. So, And then since I use Hinge, if I you know look through the photos, I'm like, okay, this could work. This could work. I'll go to the little bio and see if there are any like major red flags um, or any like common ground to work with. So like, for example, 
I was talking with some friends about this the other day, and I think that I don't necessarily need to be with someone that is 100% aligned politically with me, but I think that if someone identifies as a conservative, I'm probably not going to get along with them super well. So for me, if it's blatant conservative, nine out of 10 times I'm going to pass because I just don't, I don't think, I think we'll argue a lot. (laughs) Um, Same goes for like being super religious. I am personally not very religious at all. So if it seems like that's something that's being called out in their profile a lot, I don't think I'm going to be a good match for you because I don't share that belief. And I'm not necessarily saying that these are bad things for people to have. You you know. Uh, But I just think that I fundamentally wouldn't get along with people who identify in this way. So I'm not going to waste my time and I'm not going to waste their time, truthfully. So I'll kind of look for stuff like that. And then From there, if I see the pictures and I'm like, okay, they're pretty cute, and then I see the bio and, you know, there aren't any major red flags, maybe there's some common ground, maybe you guys went to college in the same town or you grew up close to each other, I'll then look at the prompts and see if there's anything that I'm immediately like, oh, I can strike up a conversation based on that. And if that's the case, then I'll go ahead and do it. I personally always go after the prompts. I'll respond to the prompt, send the like, and see if they end up matching with me and start from there. And the best part about, in my opinion, the best part about Hinge is that because you can respond to those prompts, it makes it so easy to start a conversation. And it doesn't have to be like super awkward. Like it just, it gives you that easy in uh, for a conversation and for you guys to start, you know, testing the water, see if there's any, you know, connection there. However, if I get this far and I just like can't even think of something to respond to the prompts with, then I take that as a sign that we probably don't have a ton in common and it won't be like a super easy flowing conversation. And so I tend to pass unless I'm like, unless there's something else that really draws me to this person's profile. I normally take that as a sign that like, even if there's like a physical attraction, there might not be like anything deeper as far as a connection goes. But yeah, so that. That's what I do when I'm sifting through, like not looking at the people that have already liked me, but when I'm going through the feed, I'll be honest with you guys, uh, it's tough out there. And I don't mean to stereotype because I obviously am only experiencing dating as a woman who is interested in dating men. So I don't want to say that this is a a male thing, but guys, fellas, you gotta step up your photos. Like for the love of God, you gotta step them up. Because so many guys put the absolute worst goddamn photos of themselves up on these profiles. It's to the point where like, I'll see a guy and be like, okay, he has the potential to be cute. And that's enough for me because odds are he's going to be 10 times more attractive in person. Like, I cannot tell you the amount of times that I've gone on dates with people where their photos, I'm like, okay, yeah, like, I can, I can kind of see it. And then I see them in person and I'm like, holy crap. Like, why aren't you, why aren't you showcasing yourself more? Like you're a very attractive guy. It's so annoying. I think it's obviously like, it's nice to see like hiking photos, skiing photos, like showing yourself doing your hobbies. That's fine. That should be one singular photo. And you should have like one, maybe two group photos and then give me some freaking solo shots. And they don't, need to be mirror selfies. Please don't do mirror selfies. 
but just some solo shots of you dancing at a wedding, a photo of you with your mom, like I don't care, but just give me at least three photos that show me what you actually look like. I don't know. Maybe I'm like preaching into the void or something, but I feel like girls focus so much on like how they look and picking photos that really like showcase their appearance as well as their personality. Whereas guys, guys are going straight for the personality and that's fine. But also what do you look like? (laughs) What do you look like? It's honestly, it's criminal. Okay. So now if I'm going through my likes, so these are people that have already liked me. They've gone through their feeds and they decided to like me. So I'll be honest, one of my like number one, I was going to say dating app pet peeves, but I think it's mainly like a hinge pet peeve is the fact that guys don't use the prompts to start a conversation and instead just like my photos. So as I said earlier, I always go after prompts. Obviously, if I'm matching with someone, I like their photos. Like I find them attractive and I want to strike up a conversation with them. But I go after the prompts because that's how conversation gets started. That's how you start to develop common ground and figure out if you have anything in common and any um, just, yeah, you guys know what I mean. So it drives me nuts that guys don't do the same thing and they'll just like my photos. But unfortunately, as you're probably gathering, in my experience, the vast majority of guys do this. They only like photos and they rarely respond to prompts. So I can't really use this as like an immediate like no, like an immediate filter for these guys because I'd literally never go on any dates ever. So a PSA to all guys, fix your photos and go after the prompts. Like start a conversation. It's not, ah, it's not that hard. Oh, it drives me nuts. It drives me nuts. Anyways, what I will say is, well, I know that I need to compromise there and I I do take the initiative and I'll look through their profile and if there's a prompt that sparks my interest or that I think I can start a conversation with, then I will start the conversation. I'll do it. Uh, But what is an immediate no for me is when a guy likes a prompt. So on Hinge, obviously you can like like someone's photo and you'll get like a little notification that shows the photo and it will say likes photo. You can also like the prompt and honestly Hinge, do away with this. It pisses me off so much. Like please just do us all a favor and get rid of the ability to do this. But in the same way that you would just like a photo and like not say anything, like not start the conversation, you can just like a prompt. And a lot of people's prompts are like question-based. So when I'm asking you what your favorite Trader Joe's frozen food item is and you like the prompt, what, what does that mean? What? it? Oh my God, it drives me nuts. So that to me, I'm just like, seriously, like okay, you like my prompt idea and you're still not willing to start the conversation, immediately no. Immediately no. You have to really knock my socks off with your profile for me to still match with you and start the conversation. Um, And as you guys have probably gathered, very few men on dating apps have completely knocked my socks off with their profile alone. Anyways, and then from there, you know, if they've liked a photo or they've started the conversation, then I'll kind of use the same method that I talked about when I'm just going through like 
my feed. I'll look at their photos, see if I find them attractive, look at their brief little bio, see if there's any like red flags or any anything that, you know, I can pull out from there and then look at their prompts or look at, you know, what they said to me uh, to initiate the conversation if they did start the conversation and go from there. So that's kind of like the TLDR. What if you see me scrolling on Hinge, that's what's going through my mind. That's my thought process. I'm sure that a lot of people are not nearly as methodical about it as I am. I'm sure some people are way more methodical about it than I am. But that's beauty of dating. It's your journey. It's your decision. Uh, And this is just what I have found works for me. So yeah. So now let's chat a little bit about, okay, you made it through. You got through the profile. Everything's looking good. You strike up the conversation. Conversation's going pretty well within the app. So you would be down to go on a date with this person. I personally am a big fan of like chatting for a couple of days and either through the app or like if you're the type that likes to just exchange numbers off the bat, I think that's fine. Um, But I like to chat a little bit, see if we can like hold somewhat of a conversation uh, over texting basically. And then, you know, after a couple of days, get each other's numbers if you haven't yet and plan a date. So I, a lot of the times, will match with a guy and then end up going on a date with them about like a week later with, you know, the decision to go on a date being like halfway through the week, roughly. Obviously, this isn't like the end all be all. There's been times where it's been less. There's been times when it's been more. But I would say I've never really agreed to just go on a date right off the bat and not chatted with someone at least a little bit back and forth on the app. Uh, So again, totally up to you. Maybe you just like to cut to the chase and go right on the date and that's when you figure out if the person is right for you. Totally fine. Personal preference. But that's kind of what I do. And then I, when it comes to like planning the date, I'm not like saying that I psychoanalyze or anything like that, but I do take notice when there's some initiative on the guy's part when it comes to planning the date. I obviously don't think that like the entire onus needs to be on the guy when planning the date. I don't mind helping. And if it's 50-50 of us going back and forth and deciding what to do, but I do like it when I don't feel like I'm the one having to find the restaurant and pick the time and pick the date and make the reservation. Uh, if you're listening, making a reservation, offering to make a reservation for the first date, fellas, just do it. And here's the thing, right? It is, um, I don't even know if I'd say it's bare minimum, but it's not like super far above bare minimum. But it is like, to me, it is one of the like easiest, most thoughtful things ever. Like it just shows me that you value my time and value our time to get to know each other. So you're like taking the initiative and planning it and making sure that like the night goes as smoothly as possible. That's how it comes off to me. Again, some people might be like, I literally don't give two shits if you make a reservation. That's totally fine. But fellas, if if you're looking to impress a girl, they're never going to be not impressed by a reservation. You know what I mean? Anyways, do without what you will. But yeah, and then once we are on the date. Oh, I had another thing that I wanted to say. I lost my train of thought though. Um. Oh, wait, no. I'll talk about it later. I figured that out. Um. Okay, so we're on the date. 
my like main thing, especially for first dates, is to just see if we get along and can hold a conversation with each other. I think that first dates are always really, really awkward no matter what, especially especially if it's a first date with someone from a dating app because you guys do not know each other, right? You don't know each other. You've never met before, most likely. And so you're it's literally getting dinner with a stranger. Like you don't you don't know how to like carry a conversation with them. You don't know their mannerisms or their little quirks or their conversation style. So there's going to be a little bit of awkwardness as you figure that out. But Some things that I look for on a first date are, number one, whether one of you is overwhelmingly dominating the conversation. So this is if you feel like you are the only one holding the conversation and you're constantly asking the questions and constantly trying to pull stuff out of the other person and you feel like you could have been talking to a wall for the last two hours and the conversation would have gone the same exact way, not the best sign. And then the same goes for if you feel like the other person just continues to talk and talk and talk and doesn't pull you into the conversation at all or ask you questions or major red flag talks over you, something to think about. (laughs) Uh, I also look for if the other person says things that you know are deal breakers or that don't sit right with you if they express any like opinions or beliefs that you know are deal breakers for you or that you just can't really get over or that you think means you guys aren't like fundamentally aligned on something that's a huge sign right there that maybe this isn't going to work out or if it seems like you guys have very little in common so i truthfully think that it's actually really good for couples to have different interests. Um, I don't think the couple should have everything in common, do everything together, but you guys need to have something in common, something that lays the foundation for your relationship, for you guys to get to know each other, for you guys to do together. There needs to be some common ground, but it should be a Venn diagram, not a circle, you know? So I think, you know, as you're going through the date, when you come back and you're reflecting, if any of those things that I mentioned were present, you felt like one of you was dominating the conversation, uh, you felt like there were some things that you know are deal breakers or major red flags that you're not willing to move past, or if you feel like you guys have nothing in common, I think it's totally reasonable to just move on from there and not give it another shot. A lot of people talk about how if you go on a date and it's not bad, that you should try to go on one or two more dates with the person to see if like a connection grows. And I think that the three things that I just talked about can happen on a date that isn't objectively really bad, but they're not good, right? Like you you wouldn't classify it as a good date. Uh, So don't waste your time on something that you know isn't going to work. Just cut your loss and move on to the next contender, the next bachelor, some may say. And then on the flip side, if it seems like you both were equally contributing to the conversation and it was flowing really well, there's some potential there for connection, but you're not feeling like an initial spark, I do think that it's really important to go on another date. I'm yelling at myself for this one because this is like a huge learning curve that I had with dating because I just expected to go on a first date with, with a guy and have that like initial spark, initial chemistry, like initial just, oh, like I can see this going somewhere. And I'm learning the more that I have dated that 
like I said, first dates are just awkward and you're meeting this person for the very first time. And so it's completely normal for there to not be like a immediate romantic spark when you meet someone for the first time. Now that you have met them and have a little bit of foundation, know a little bit about them, the second date, there should start to be a little romantic spark spark building if it's the right fit for you. And I have been on dates where, you know, the first date was objectively fine, but I wasn't like head over heels or anything, or I didn't feel like a huge spark. And the more dates I went on with the person, the more that connection and that spark built. And I found myself just really excited to see them again and get to know them. And that's the main thing that we're looking for, right? We're looking for someone that we want to spend our time with and then we get excited to see. And a lot of the times you leave a first date and because you've literally just known this person, you might not feel that, but you could very well leave the second date feeling that now that you guys have gotten a little bit of the awkwardness out, gotten to know each other a little bit more. So trust me, I don't think you need to follow like any specific, oh, like go on three dates and see how it goes. Like if you leave the second date and you're still feeling like, yeah, objectively that was fine, but I don't think this is spark, you can cut your loss. Or you can even not listen to me and not go on a second date with someone that you feel this way about. This is just like from my experience, I've found that I would have missed out on a really good connection if I had just cut off a date because I didn't feel that initial spark. Does that make sense? Am I making any sense at all? I hate doing solo episodes because Anya isn't here and I'm like, I could be making actually no sense whatsoever uh, and I wouldn't know. So I hope that I'm making sense to you all. (laughs) Okay. So that's a little bit about like what I'm looking for when I'm dating, what I'm looking for on apps. Yeah. I mean, less than a year out from when I started taking dating a bit more seriously this time around. And so we'll see, we'll see where we end up. Okay. So now let's get into some of the lessons I've learned through dating. And these, I mean, I don't think you necessarily need to learn these through dating, but I just know as someone who has been single for a while, dating can get really discouraging. Like I'm just going to be honest. It can feel really discouraging. There are times where like my self-esteem felt really rocked and really low while dating. And that, I mean, it's kind of to be expected. Dating is a very vulnerable thing. You're really putting yourself out there. A lot of the times you're putting, you know, your cards on the table and hoping that the other person feels the same way. And that can be really, really scary, but it also can be really beautiful and can lead to a healthy, happy relationship and you finding your partner. So I figured I'd share some of the lessons that I've learned so that, you know, hopefully you guys see a little bit of yourself in your own journey in this and feel a little less alone in your dating journey. Because like I said, I think, I think dating ironically can make you feel really lonely at times. And so I just wanted to put, put this out there, be a little vulnerable for you guys so that you know that I'm right there with you. If you're dating, if you're on apps, if you're putting yourself out there, going out to places, asking guys out or asking girls out or asking non-binary people out, you're not alone. And we're in this together and we're going to find our partners. So the first one is that dating is about figuring out if you like the other person, not the other way around. And I don't say this in a sense of like, the other person should be so preoccupied with impressing me. I'm saying every single person, girl, gay, they, guy, whoever you are, you should go into the date worried about 
figuring out if you are going to like them. And when you think about it, if you go in thinking about whether you like them and they go in thinking about whether they like you, eventually you'll you'll find the person that the answer is yes on both. You each like each other. Because obviously you deserve to find someone that you truly like and you truly connect with. The other person also deserves to find someone that they truly like and they truly connect with. And if that's not you, wouldn't you rather know that? You don't need to worry about thinking, oh, like I need to convince them to like me. If they're not going to like you, if they're not going to want to have a relationship with you or see a future with you, let them. Because the person that's meant for you, the partner that's meant for you is going to want that. They're going to leave that date saying, yep, I do like them. So don't make it a game of convincing. Don't make it a game of trying to impress. And, you know, obviously you want to put like your best foot forward. Like I'm not saying to show up and like trauma dump to your first date, but like don't stress too much about, oh my God, like what if they don't like me? It's okay if they don't. And it's okay if you don't like them. Like, We have to drop, if you're an anxious attachment girly like me, we have to drop the scarcity mindset. Like there are plenty of people that you could date who will like you back. So don't worry about that. Worry about if you like them. Worry about building that connection on your end and how they make you feel. The next thing, I think this is controversial. I actually don't know if this is controversial. I'm going to be honest because I feel like anytime I run it by people in my life, they're like, that checks out to me. So you guys can let me know if you think this is controversial. But something that I've learned is that I actually prefer to not kiss on a first date. So here's the thing. Number one, you can do whatever the hell you want on a first date. You really can. You can not even look at the person. I don't recommend that. But you can do that. Or you can sleep with the person. It doesn't matter as long as everyone's happy and consent is given. I don't I don't give two shits what you do on your first date. And I, I genuinely don't believe that sleeping with a person will be detrimental to the relationship if the other person is truly the one for you. Like I've talked about it before, box theory. If if you're in the dating box, if a guy has put you in the dating box, you can sleep with him on the first date and he will still want to date you. And the inverse, if you are put in the hookup box, you can wait 10 dates to sleep with the person. And once you sleep with them, they've gotten what they wanted. You can listen to some past episodes where I talk a little more about the box theory because I feel like that quick rundown made it sound really, really harsh. Um, but that I'm just trying to say that like you can literally do whatever you want on a first date. I, however, find first dates to be very nerve-wracking. I think everyone does. So it helps me to sort of like take the pressure off of having like to worry about any sort of physical intimacy because that is what kissing is. I mean, it doesn't have to be super like emotional or vulnerable or anything like that, but it is more intimate than just like getting dinner with someone. Um, so it takes a little bit of that pressure off. It stops things from being awkward if, you know, you go on a second date and that second date doesn't go super well. I've been in that position where I've kissed someone on a first date and the second date, I just really wasn't feeling it, but we had kissed on the first date and I didn't know what to do. It's awkward. And I think not kissing on the first date kind of leaves the other person wanting more. If it went well, they're going to be like, hmm. Why didn't we kiss? I thought this was going well. Gives you a little air of mystery. You know what I mean? And I'm not saying to like play games or anything like that. But I, I just, I don't know. I, I like it. It's worked for me so far. And so I'm not going to fix it if it isn't broken. But like I said, you do you. I personally have way too much anxiety to ever go home with someone on a first date from a dating app. I 
just that's too anxiety inducing for me. They could be a murderer. You don't know. You just don't know. So I I really don't think that I will ever go home with someone on a first date uh, that I meet from a dating app. But I know that that's me. You know, that may not be you. And that's totally fine. But use your intuition. Really think about what you want to do. If you really, if this is what you want to do, if kissing someone, sleeping with someone, whatever it may be, is what you want to do after a first date, go for it. So then my next lesson is that first dates are honestly the most low stakes a relationship will ever be. And I feel like a lot of people really hype up first dates and they're nerve wracking. Like I'm not trying to minimize that. First dates are really nerve wracking and really scary. And also, they're the lowest a relation, the lowest stakes that a relationship will ever have. Like, what's the worst that happens on a first date? You go, you guys don't have anything in common, and then you never see the person ever again. Especially from a dating app, you don't know them. You most likely don't have any mutual friends. You most likely will never cross paths again. So you just keep it moving. You're like, okay, whatever. I have always found second, third, fourth dates to be way more nerve-wracking because now you're emotionally invested. Now you've gotten to know the person. Now you likely have feelings for the person. You care about them. And so that's really scary because you're not in a relationship with that person. Most people don't get into a relationship, you know, two, three, four dates in, but so there, it's not defined, but you clearly both care about each other if you keep seeing each other. Like, that's the scary part to me. First dates are nothing because they can be they can be one night and that's it and you move on. So yeah, don't try to keep that in mind the next time you're getting ready for a first date and you're really nervous. This is the lowest the stakes will ever be. So just relax. Focus on getting to know the person. Focus on figuring out if you like them and you want to see them again. And move on from there. So next, you have to be willing to explore and date around for a little bit. This was a lesson that I definitely learned pretty early on dating because I had to learn that very few people find their partner right off the bat from dating apps. Like very few people will tell you, oh, I got on a dating app and the first date I went on, he became my partner or she became my partner. I know one person in my life that was like that and she'll even admit that they just got really lucky. And I don't even think it was the same for her partner. I think her partner had gone on several dates from dating apps before meeting her. And so keep that in mind. Like there, look at the beginning stages of dating and going on dating apps as your chance to just try on different types of partners for size. Like I hope that doesn't come off like in the wrong way, but like Sometimes the only way to figure out exactly what you want in a partner and what you're looking for in a relationship is that like trial by fire, going on dates and seeing what you like and what you don't like and what turns you on and what doesn't turn you on and going from there. So really lean into like, this is your time to explore. This is your time to figure out what you want and figure out what you don't want and date around and meet new people. Like it's not, it doesn't need to be that deep. Obviously, I guess not obviously, but a lot of people are on dating apps like Hinge to find a partner and that can feel really big and really significant and really special, but it doesn't have to be this like stress inducing thing. It can be fun still. And then this one is like really important. Date outside of your type. And I am talking like physical type because I have a very specific physical type. And if you know me, you know exactly what it is. And that's not to say that I don't find guys outside of this type attractive. 
And I think it's important to like check in with yourself and like know that. Like don't just – don't put yourself in a box. Don't put – don't limit yourself in the type of guys that you can meet because you truly never know. Like like I said, you need to have that initial physical attraction. But once you get to know someone and you start to care for someone, they become that much more attractive regardless of whether or not they are your type. So try, I mean, if you have things like physical features that are non-negotiables for you, I guess that that's your prerogative, like live your life. But also you could be passing up like a really, really great guy. All that matters is that you find them attractive in whatever way. And I, I just personally think as someone who does have a type – I have found plenty of guys outside of that type very attractive and have formed meaningful connections with guys outside of that type. So the next one, this is a little niche, and I want to start it by saying that I'm not calling anyone out specifically. I really think that this is sort of like an internal thing that I had to learn about myself, but it's kind of to like take the pressure off of your friends and family's opinions of the other person or what you think your friends and family's opinions of the other person might be. So I haven't had a serious relationship and sometimes I feel a lot of external pressure about what the people in my life will think about my future partner, whether it's their looks or their hobbies or their personality like I tend to overthink and get in my head a little bit about whether or not they'll think that he's attractive or they'll think that he is a good fit for me or if he'll get along with them like I kind of go through these overthinking spirals and obviously like your friends and family's opinions matter a lot if they're coming to you and saying I don't think something's right here I don't like how they treat you like If there are serious red flags that they're picking up on, obviously that matters. But what doesn't matter is whether or not they find your partner attractive. All that matters is that you find them attractive. It doesn't matter if they have XYZ hobbies in common. It just matters whether you have those in common or you want to have those in common or you like the fact that that person does those hobbies. That's what matters. Like all of those little things that aren't major red flags like you don't need to stress about it and don't stress about the what ifs don't stress about what if they don't get along with your friends you won't know that until they meet your friends like you won't know that until they're together with your friends and at the end of the day what matters is that you like them and you are happy with how you're being treated everything else can kind of roll off your back So yeah, that's been something that I've had to learn. I put a lot of pressure on myself because it feels like there's a lot of external pressure. And I think, like I said, most of it I'm probably making up in my own head. But all that's going to do is weed out potentially really good partners for me while prioritizing other people's feelings. Like that's not what dating's about. Dating is about prioritizing your feelings and then eventually the feelings of your partner. And so I have just learned to like really let the opinions that I don't really care about slide away so I can focus on building connections with the guys that I am dating and that I am happy with. And then lastly, this is a big one. I don't think you need to date to learn this, but if you are actively dating, remember that you are looking for your teammate, your partner, not your other half. And again, like I said, dating can feel really lonely and really discouraging at times, 
But you have to remember that you are a whole, complete person all on your own. You have so much going for you. You've accomplished so much in your life thus far. And you did all of that most likely without a partner. If you're still standing successful today, you did it without a partner. Like that's a testament to you, your ability to love, your ability to care. Um, All of your great attributes are because of you. And so don't get discouraged thinking that you're never going to find this other half or this other fit. Like you are complete. What we're looking for when we're dating is a teammate, is someone who enhances our life. Like I said, is someone who you are excited to see, who you want to carve out time in your life to see, and who reciprocates that, who wants to carve out time in their life to see you. So I feel like this mindset is just huge because if things aren't going well in the dating world for you, you at least know in your heart that like you are complete and you are whole and you have so much going for you outside of dating. And then when things are going well and you do find someone who really is that teammate for you, then it goes great. But yeah, that's my biggest lesson. If you take anything away from this episode, take that away. But that completes this episode. I feel like I was rambling a little bit, but I always feel like I'm doing that with these episodes. I also feel like I was really awkward (laughs) because I was trying to be very vague about my own dating life. Um, But if you made it this far, I'll let you know that I have been seeing someone and it has been going pretty well and I'm trying not to jinx it. So that's all I'm going to say about that. And with that... You follow us on Instagram at two degrees hotter. You can leave us an anonymous suggestion or any advice that you need, episode ideas, literally anything that you want to get off your chest in our anonymous suggestion box linked on every episode. And you can give us five stars on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Oh my God, I just had a seizure in my brain. Go give us five stars on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. It really helps our show out and helps get the show to people like you who will really benefit from it. And with that, I'll be back with Anya to chat with you guys next Tuesday. Bye, guys.